Well, hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Professional Pricing Society podcast. Uh, my name is Terrence, and we have a great conversation ahead of us today as we'll be discussing the importance of democratizing access to better pricing. We have that conversation spearheaded by two very important people, two very special guests with us today. The first of which is Mr. Matthew Johnson. He's the founder and CEO of Epic Conjoint, which is a full-service product pricing and promotion decision-making software solution provider, enabling game-changing B2C and B2B commercial decisions across over 130 markets within three business days. Thank you so much, Matt, for joining us today. We also have Rob Ribchuk, who is the managing partner of EBITDA Catalyst. They provide pricing strategy and execution advisory for high growth brands in the consumer and software SaaS industries with a focus on middle market mission driven clients. How are you guys doing today? Great. Great. Looking forward to this. Good, good. Awesome. Well, it's a pleasure to have you both. Uh, Let's just go ahead and jump right into it, right into the discussion. Democratizing access to better pricing. What exactly does that mean um, to each of you guys? Uh, well, maybe maybe I could uh, k- kick off and just share some thoughts. I guess um, I uh, you know I've had the benefit of, of being in the, the hot seat that is the pricing the pricing uh, role. I used to head of pricing uh, pricing department for some big telecom companies here here in Europe, and uh, yeah, I mean. But, but, Back then, it, it, it was, there were times where you just felt you were flying by the seat of your pants. Uh, you 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 were relying purely on uh, transactional data uh, to make uh, you know future pricing decisions. Um, and you know, as we know, it's a bit like the investment, the old investment caveat. You know, past performance is is not an indicator of future. So. You know, uh, there was definitely a lot of squeaky bum times uh, back then, but fortunately, um, you know, I think in the last, just in the last five years, maybe um, the amount of uh, investment um, um, in in pricing solutions has been, you know, monumental. Um, and you know, pricing departments now get the get the benefit of that. Uh, you know, in terms of having having uh, being able to make uh, quick pricing uh, decisions uh, at the click, you know, virtually at the click of a button, um, uh, is is hugely empowering. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's all credit to the, the, the solutions providers who've, um, been innovative in this space and, um, produced, produced the goods. No, and I, I would just chime in, Matt. I mean, I think, um, obviously what, uh, you and Epic have done, um, you know, from a software driven solutions, uh, standpoint, I mean, that's been the recipe for, democratizing access in other parts of industry and economy as well. And um, as pricing has risen in importance and visibility, um, and especially as we're traversing this period of, um, you know, fairly extraordinary inflation and um, just pricing-centered changes, I think the the way I think about it is... um, Pricing also can have a social impact, a separation of the haves and have-nots, so to speak. And, you know, there's always been some solutions for, you know, the Fortune 100, Fortune 500, uh, you know, the kinds of people who could 
you know, hire very pricey consulting firms, uh, pay for very expensive solutions and so on. And uh, at the other end of the spectrum, we have an entire part of our um, uh, society, both in terms of firms that may be um, smaller, mid-market, that haven't historically had access uh, to either the advice or the solutions, uh, even though they do have things to price, right? And then at the very far end of the um, opposite end of the spectrum, you have a lot of individuals that may not have anything to price. They are net recipients of the price increases that we see, the price decisions that we see. And that might include as far as, you know, even retirees and, um, you know, the unemployed and so on that don't even have their own labor to price. So they have nothing to compensate um, the pricing decisions that, uh, are being made that they, um, you know, they're just price payers, so to speak, in the economy. And so for me, thinking about the entities that represent these parts of the society, whether it's middle market firms, startups, nonprofits, um, and when I say nonprofits, you know, at Tibetan Catalyst, we've always tried to do pro bono work for nonprofits that have things to price. Um, those are the types of entities that represent um, these um, uh, traditionally underprivileged when it comes to access to uh, the benefits of pricing uh, parts of the economy. So for me, it's always been uh, important to uh, not just to serve the haves, which all of us do and we, we try to be good at, uh, but also think about uh, the other side, the recipients of um, the consequences of some of those uh, decisions and how do we keep society vibrant and the economy vibrant by lifting all boats? So based on what you're saying, this is something that's worth getting excited about, would you say? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I, I, Epic Conjoint is, is, is just kind of emerging from the startup uh, startup mode, um, and we've we've been immersed in in, in startup incubators. And when, when I when we first came into this startup community, <clears throat> we noticed it was a huge blind spot. Pricing was a huge blind spot uh, for a lot of, of startup companies. Um, you know, arguably it's the most important P in the marketing mix. And, and what I was finding out was, you know, very often it wasn't until the last minute when it was, you know, ready to hit the launch button that it was, oh my God, you know, what, what price do we put on this? Oh, you know, we just, we give it away for free and we'll see, we'll see what happens, see what clients say or whatever. Um, and so it was, it was, it was, it was really scary. So we, we've actually embarked on a pricing training, even amongst the community, the startup communities, we go around the different hubs. Uh, and enterprise schools uh, educating educating people on how on the importance of getting their pricing right, best practice price, tools, skills, and processes. I guess fortunately, back to my previous point about in the last five years of huge investment and in innovation and in pricing uh, software solutions, people now who are starting to take an interest in pricing have kind of leapfrogged. Um, um, you know, so what we as pricing guys over the last 15, 20 years have taken, you know, 15, 20 years to get to this point, mm -hmm. they can do it very, very quickly now with all of these uh, pricing solutions that are available. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's hugely empowering and liberating for, for the pricing community. And as, as Robert mentioned, you know, really, and 
experienced this myself as, as, as you know, leading the pricing teams within the organizations, mm-hmm. telecom companies, you, you know, it, they, they're just totally underestimated in terms of the value they bring uh, to commercial decisions. So, um, yeah, really, really exciting, exciting times for the pricing community and, and raising the profile of that pricing department, um, you know, Looking forward to the day when we see Chief Pricing uh, Officer um, on yeah. the on the board or on the, in the C suite. I don't think it's too far away. I I, I couldn't agree more, and I, I think there's like so many facets uh, to get excited about. I mean, you know, even the 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 knowledge that there is ultimately uh, sort of a, a synergy or, or build-up effect from the contributions made in different areas of this problem, right? So so it used to be, you know, before I knew Matt and some of the other folks working in this area, you know, when a conversation would turn, um, for example, with a potential client or to uh, doing more research, you would have this cringing feeling of like, oh my gosh, here comes the budget conversation. And it's potentially going to tank the project or, you know, because it was uh, thoroughly off-putting and inaccessible for uh, all but the, you know, very large companies. And um, so certainly uh, knowing that that part of the uh, ecosystem of solutions uh, has more accessible, reliable, um, excellent solutions out there, uh, and also people we like to work with running those solutions uh, has has made those conversations uh, a lot easier and um, frankly uh, an option in more conver- in in more uh, client situations. And then further, as I mentioned um, later, you know, sort of like this trickle down effect. Like, w- where is the cutoff? You know, if you start high with the haves and you end up low with the really have nots. Uh, where is the cutoff of um, people, you know, still benefiting from from this? So for us as providers of, adv- uh, of advisory, rather than necessarily software, we partner with people like Matt for software. Um, you know, that too is um, is uh, extremely important, right? So a startup like Matt was a couple of years ago wouldn't historically have had access to someone to come in and talk at the reasonable. Pro- at uh, a reasonable um, cost uh, about what they can do with pricing to be better, right? And so we all see the, 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 the benefits of those software and startups and smaller businesses making it and contributing in the economy as best they can. And, um, you know, for the advisory side, we try to extend some of our services to uh, smaller entities like that for precisely that reason. And, you know, it's exciting to say, we don't really say no based on cost, um, at least for some portion of our work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and that's, that's understandable. And forgive me, you may have uh, alluded to this or mentioned this previously, but um, were there any specific examples or two from your specific firm's work? Well, what we're seeing now, the, the, the challenges facing all you know companies, you know, from startup to... SME, mm-hmm. mid, small cap, mid cap, even the large, you know, household brand names, um, you know, they're 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 facing this perfect storm where input costs uh, are, are rising, so profits are getting squeezed, and now with inflation and the pressures that's putting on uh, disposable income, um, you know, uh, 
consumers consumers are getting more price conscious and 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 considering arbitrage positions you know trading buying the the, the more uh uh the, the you know the the generic uh store brand products that's what we're working with some some clients and and specifically in the fmcg space that that are really feeling that pinch what they're really trying to understand is how how much of this exposure because there's no there's no end in sight um nobody's talking about uh, this dissipating anytime soon which is which is really scary but they're they're really trying to understand how much can they pull on that pricing lever um to try and alleviate the the squeeze on margins um and in, in you know in conjunction with looking at their cost base and um and and rationalizing so um you know helping them understand their the price elasticities um of their product versus their competitors products at different customer segment levels that's that's critical and that's what they're really uh really trying to grapple with uh, and get that that visibility so that that's that's a lot of a lot of the work we're doing with the big big fmcg brands at sure. the moment is is trying to understand where that headroom is and where, where that cliff beyond which if they price it so high that it's just going to uh, demand is just going to fall off a cliff so yeah really really uh, anxious anxious times sure sure yeah i mean i really like the example matt just gave which is um you know our brains have been conditioned to you know over the last couple of years to think about pricing in terms of always going up, right? Pricing increases, you know, and so on and so forth. Um, but I think um, some of the work that uh, Matt's doing, helping companies understand, you know, price pack architecture, what, what, what is that offering that can still be affordable for the consumers that are squeezed out there? Uh, you know, that's, that's really important. And, uh, you know, switching to what we do, you know, one of the things I'm very excited about is, you know, we thought about what what can we do for um, those smaller firms, maybe a startup, maybe someone below $5 million in revenue. And, um, you know, we introduced um, this kind of packaged offering, which is, uh, you know, a small and medium business um, pricing power workshop. Um, it's something where we go in for, you know, up to a work day. You know, it's usually a little less because people can only absorb so much pricing talk at the time. And, you um, you know, really, as opposed to, uh, you know, giving some sort of canned deck or something like that, we actually take the time to understand that small business, um, you know, we uh, run a Google form survey ahead of time to, uh, you know, think about their specific industry, their specific problems. So, you know, meet them where they're at with some customized advice uh, that we can give in a compressed period of time, uh, together with some of the frameworks and tools that would help them. And, uh, you know, they can have that for a pretty nominal fee that is, you know, in a completely different universe from uh, what, uh, you know, typical work in this space charges. Uh, charges. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting. We've been able to serve with that. Uh, anybody from, you know, smaller couple million dollars in revenue professional services firms to um, startups inside um, uh, and outside um larger companies and so you know there's 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 clearly a demand for that walk before you run uh, product and you know for many many businesses who are just looking to get off the ground and do something about pricing in an educated fashion 
80% of the battle is helping them gain that conviction. And sometimes they don't need more than just this, you know, fairly small bite. Um, and, and if that gets them to uh, conviction and enough information and expertise to take that 80-20 action in their business, mm -hmm. uh, that's a fantastic outcome. Now, I want to get both of y'all's opinions on this next question as well. Um, in your opinion, is democratizing access not cannibalizing higher value business? Um, well, just speaking from Epic Conjoint's um, perspective, so uh, you know our, our USP is rapid uh, conjoint um, uh, surveys, um, uh, you know, and very cost-effective rates. So, um, what what we're finding is, you know, though, and this was my experience when I used to commission conjoint studies back when I was heading heading up pricing. Um, you know, you would engage a research agency or a consulting firm. It could take up to two to three months uh, to do one conjoint, depending on the sector you're in. Arguably, the results are redundant at that point. So, you know, many of these clients have multiple products in multiple markets. Previously, you would only get one shot at a conjoint. You would only, the, the, the finance, the CFO would give you, you know, one shot, one budget to, to run one conjoint study. The risk with that is so many, so many questions were piled into that one conjoint study that, you know, the results were arguably uh, diluted uh, when, when when they were eventually uh, provided. What we've done by democratizing this access to con particularly conjoint is we allow um, companies of all sizes to, to run conjoints really quickly as and when the business need arises. And that business need could be a new product launch or a new service launch, uh, a price increases, assessing price increases, uh, evaluating a comp competitor risk, whether they're, they've launched a new product or they've launched a, a very aggressive promotion. Um, so, so by enabling them to, to apply uh, rapid conjoint uh, surveys to a myriad of use cases um, um, has, has really, from our perspective, has opened up um, a, a, so many more revenue streams beyond the typical, it's a new product launch, let's, uh, let's, let's run a conjoint study that's going to take two to three months and cost an absolute fortune. Now we do it within two to three days. Uh, at a fraction, at a fraction of the cost. So, and and that that message is really sinking in. Um, to the point we have we have clients now purchasing their multinational companies, purchasing survey packs and and really using those all over the world to run quick conjoint uh, studies to answer these critical uh, product pricing promotion questions. I love that point, and it, it, it's actually spot on because um, you know sometimes when I was thinking about you know pre, um, research studies, uh, you know conjoint analyses, I, I think one of the concerns always was because there's a limited amount of uh, questions or variables that you can insert in any one particular study uh, before it becomes um, you know too complex or potentially inconclusive. Um, et cetera, I, I always had this question in the back of my head, you know, what happens if you need a second or a third to really nail all the angles of uh, what you need? 
And, uh, you know, like Matt said, um, <laughs> you know, before when both from a timing and a cost standpoint, that would have been a pretty horrible compounding uh, that was terrifying, right? And I think a lot of people who understood that risk stayed away. Uh, whereas uh, now uh, with some of the work he's doing and, and, and others like him, uh, it's, it's a lot more realistic. You know, you know, from our standpoint, the cannibalizing risk, I mean, of course, in pricing, we think about that all the time when we advise our clients. And, uh, you know, for example, for us, uh, we're, we're very clear, of course, our pro bono work is uh, virtually uh, 100% for you know, nonprofits, and we we have a selection criteria set for which, which nonprofits can qualify. And um, even the small and medium business um, workshop um, is clearly delimited to you know less than five million dollar revenue companies, and uh, we basically do only up to three of those a quarter. So we put pretty clear limits around uh, you know how much and for whom. Um, that that work is uh, is doable and uh, who's eligible, and uh, certainly we understand that um, you know the hope is that some of these entities grow down the road to actually succeed and become clients in you know uh, the more uh, sweet spot type of projects that we do with the majority of our time for larger clients. Okay, good. Thank you. Well, well explained. Thank you. Now, let me ask you this, you know, knowing that both of you guys care deeply about this, uh, how does knowing each other help you balance this against other priorities? Um, well, look, I mean, you know, Robert, I really admire what Robert's doing and, and you know, um, diverting um, his, his valuable time and, and effort to uh, for pro bono cases with charity work and whatnot, we we I, I guess I what I like to do in terms of giving back um, is you know uh, you know going to academic institutions. So not so long ago, I, I was in the Copenhagen Business School, um, and you know educating them on. Um, on the benefits of conjoint analysis and the the in, in, intricacies that uh, can 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 emerge, um, but it, you know, so I, I do that quite right. I always like to uh, you know take a step out from be, behind the, the the desk um, and kind of uh, you know go, get into academia um, uh, classrooms. Uh, and share and share that knowledge and share share my passion for pricing it because I you know it, I'm I'm fanatical about um, it being as I think I said at the start is as the most important P in in the marketing mix uh, and it's it's so underrated um, and anyone coming out with any kind of a business degree or you know economics degree or any any degree who's going into business uh, really really needs to be aware of this um, so. So that's how I try and do it, is, is you know, in, in an academic context spread. But also, as I said, in, in, the, um, in, the, in the startup communities as well, the incubators and the hubs. Sure. Uh, as I mentioned, it's, it's a big blind spot for a lot of companies. Um, um, uh, so I like, uh, you know, I like to see them, um, you know, leveraging, leveraging those, uh, that knowledge uh, and pricing skills that we, we impart in in these uh, lectures and and workshops um it's that's hugely rewarding 
Yeah, and I, I feel like I mentioned already a couple of different places where kind of knowing Matt and the work he's doing, uh, he, you know, makes either easier or um, uh, more realistic to um, offer some of this kind of expertise and make it more accessible to, um, you know, entities that historically couldn't afford it and so on. I'd also say, you know, we're we're social animals and, um, you know, uh, because so much of pricing is focused on, you know, ultimately helping clients be more profitable, financial metrics, financial accomplishment. Um, I, I, I think there's uh, there's comfort and partnership and, um, you know, some, some degree of kinship in knowing there are other people who care about this other side of the equations, uh, the equation and, um, you know, uh, it's been just lovely knowing Matt and what he's doing, and I think he's uh, uh, powering uh, a lot of um, ability beyond his own firm for other people uh, to uh, to uh, promote uh, smaller companies and and uh, the democratizing of this access. Well, awesome! I want to thank you both for joining us and spearheading this uh, conversation today before we depart would you guys mind uh sharing with the listeners where they can find more of your material or where they can find any of your resources robert i'll let you go first and then matthew all right well for us uh eb.catalyst.com slash smb like small medium business is where we have information about our uh small medium business workshop that I mentioned. And of course, the broader website um, has um, information about our pro bono nonprofit. So uh, that's always the first place to start. Yeah, similarly, uh, epicconjoint.com. Um, just click the Let's Meet button. Happy, you know, more than happy to have a chat um, and explore, you know, any pricing questions that people might have, specifically conjoint. Um, yeah, happy to do that. Or or on LinkedIn. Um, we have a company website up there and and obviously my personal profile too. So either way, happy, happy to have a chat with anybody. Okay, I appreciate that. Well, thank you all so much for listening and tuning in. Until next time, we will see you all later. Have a good one. Thank you, thank Terrence. You, Terrence. Thanks for having us.